Hi, and welcome back to Season 2 of Pathways, the podcast by Grenadian Steam. This is the show where we chat with Grenadians and other West Indians pursuing careers in the STEAM fields to learn about the reasons they got into the industry, the struggles they've faced, and some tips and tricks they may have picked up along the way. I'm your host and president of GrenSteam, Arlene Hayes, and I first want to wish everyone a happy, happy belated Independence Day. Happy 47th, Sweet Grenada. For reference, it is February 14th, 2021 as I record this, and it'll at least be the 16th of February before you hear it. So also happy belated Valentine's Day. Now, we know that you've been waiting quite a few weeks for new episodes, but wait no more. We are happy to be back in the flow for this season with a lineup of new guests. This season, They're all going to be not only hailing from, but also operating in Grenada, Karakou, and PC Martinique. So while with season one, we were able to point out many amazing Grenadians who are pursuing all types of careers in STEAM around the world, this time we're going to be putting some focus on those who are doing it best right at home. That's right, science, technology, engineering, architecture, math, these exist all around us, and although we may not always realize it, there are openings for these skill sets to be used right there on the island. So join us this season as we talk about STEAM in Grenada and hear about some local businesses that you may want to get involved with and support. I hope you enjoy today's chat, and if you do, be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts to leave a review. Or drop us a note on social media and let us know what you want to hear more of. Today's guest is Dr. Mondel George. Mondel is a private Grenadian physician and a learning strategist at the St. George's University. He operates Medical Home Visits, which is a small business that gives both citizens and visitors world-class medical care at their place of residence. Dr. George has spent most of his life acquiring educational advancement and has attained 10 CXE passes, a Bachelor's of Life Sciences, a medical degree, a Master's of Education, and is currently pursuing a Master's of Business Administration. Even while based in Grenada, he has had the opportunity to collaborate with others to share educational research with the international community. There's a lot to unpack here about Mondel and the path that he has led thus far, and so I really hope that you enjoy today's conversation as much as I did. And so with that, let's dive into the journey on today's Pathway. Dr. Mondel George, welcome to Pathways. Hi, hi, hi. It's actually a pleasure to be here, Arlene. Thanks for having me on the program. Yeah, of course. All right, so get started um, with a little light subject. Where are you from in Grenada? Where did you grow up? Oh, so where I'm from is actually a small community called um, The Stones in Bolio. So that's where I'm from, and I spent the first... Uh, part of let's say I think up to seven years in that community um, it's a it's a really warm place so my grandma is still there and my aunts and cousins and so forth and at after the age of seven I moved to Windsor Forest which I 
I could relate to it a lot because I spent the majority of my life there. So a large part of my upbringing was country, um, when so far as Toko Bay side of things. I had that that balance very early on in, in terms of tongue life and country life as well. Okay. So you still live in country or are you in town? No, now? no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm in St. Paul, so I'm in the, in the middle. I'm in the middle of town and country. I decided, right. you know what, let me just stay... Yeah, stay in the middle. So I'm, I'm in Creighton right now. Okay, Creighton. Yeah, yeah. I know Creighton very well. Um, all right. So tell me a little bit about yourself in your primary, secondary school years. So as you were growing up as a, a young boy, what were you interested in? What were you not interested in? Oh, man. I was, I was always just interested in, in fun and jokes. Anyone who knows me from... Um, as a as a school child, they would tell you that I was all about games and fun. And I just, when I was younger, I used to just assume school was a place to play. And uh, <laughs> I think the majority of my my school life has been just having fun, having fun, to be honest. Um, so I went to a private school. It's, it no longer existed. Um, no, it's in the same building where Beacon is. But back then it's Williams Junior School. I'm not sure if any of your listeners would be uh, familiar with that school. Um, after it shut down, I then got transferred to GW Fletcher Memorial, which was called Palmer back then. So it's not the secondary school as it is now. Mm-hmm. It's a primary school. And um, to be honest, when I started out, I didn't used to do very well in class at all. I specifically remember coming among the the last top five students in classes in um, primary school Um, and things took a significant turn when I I went to GW Fletcher Memorial that um, I was yeah going to school thinking about just having fun talking with my friends all talking Um, it was never about school work and then my very first exam in Palmer, I, I remember coming seventh and I was just shocked that I didn't do any work and I came seventh. So that made me feel that I had some potential. Mm-hmm. And I think um, sometimes in life you have to, one, just have a belief. And once you someone shows you that you could achieve something, it's, it's much easier to work towards it. So I think um, that was an eye opener for me. And then um, I have a cousin, may her soul rest in peace, who also encouraged me to do my best. Um, I must say my academical, um, my pursuit for academical came from a place of jealousy. Yeah. <laughs> did, um, one of my cousins, his name is, is, is Junior Johnson. He used to come first in class. And then one day I just got fed up of them just bragging about junior, junior, junior. Oh, he's so smart. He's so bright. And I was like, you know what? I'll show them. So actually um, that semester, I remember after he came first, it was such a big thing in my family that I wanted to be celebrated as well. So I I actually put in the work and I remember coming second the next, the next term. Wow. And once you get a taste of success, it's hard to go back. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard to go back. So that started... Yeah, that started when I was around uh, probably about eight, nine, eight, nine years old. Okay. So, yeah. So, so my primary school was, was all about fun until that transition. Um, I did have to stay back an extra year in, sec- in primary school because um, I wasn't of age to do CXC. Sorry, mm-hmm. not CXC, but, you know, uh, we used to call it common entrance. Common entrance. C-sec now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, when it was my turn to write... Uh, common entrance which is back then a csec now for the first time i was 10 years old and they made up this rule that you had to be 11 to to do the exam 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I got held back a year. And I think, to be honest, that made me very disruptive. I think I didn't like it at all. I didn't cope well at all. Yeah. So while my grades stayed the same, I was not as involved in class and school and so forth. Yeah. Then transition over to where? You want to talk about secondary school? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> transition over into GVSS, the best school in Grenada, <laughs> where um, I, I really got into athletics. So I think that was the majority of, of my youth. I, I did four years on the Interpol team. I was also the house captain of Hughes House, which is um, the winning Green. house, of course. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. You're very familiar with GBSS. You yeah, have uh, siblings coming there? back to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I was very much involved in sports. Um, I think I was a pretty chill person. I used to give a lot of trouble, I must say. Mm-hmm. But I knew when to put in work. And that's that's the main thing, that you could have fun in your life, even as a young person, but you have to know when you need to work hard and when you need to be dedicated and when you need to, to set aside things and put things into perspective and have priorities. So um, while I did have a lot of fun, I always come among the, among the top 10, usually never first or second or third, but around seventh-ish, it's if I if, if it was um, one of those terms, which is Hillary term where I had to do track and field, I would even fall back to 16th in classes. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I was basically not the top the top performer there, but I went on into term five and I, I, I attempted 10 CFC subjects through the GBSS. And luckily, I, I was successful in all of that. And um, I had to decide what I'm going to do in my life. After yeah. that. So that was a big turning point for me after GBSS. So when you were at that point and you were choosing your 10 CXCs, did you know, have an idea of what you wanted to do? All I knew is that I wanted to do something big and great and um, something that I would be comfortable with for the rest of my life. I feel like I had the potential. That was my belief. So I Mm -hmm. feel like whatever I wanted to apply myself to do, I wanted to be the best at it in Grenada. So um, I, it wasn't very specific. I remember the actual time that I chose that I'm going to pursue medicine. I remember I was walking home and thinking, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? And I was thinking, law is nice as well. And then there's medicine. And um, I think I, I particularly chose medicine because of the character. Well, it's a generalization, but the character that we associate with, with physicians. And I felt like um, personally for self-development and so forth, that is the kind of character that I wanted as an adult, you know, um, just certain things that we associate with physicians, you know, the integrity, the honesty, et cetera, that I, I felt like that is the road that I wanted to take. So I find it interesting that you mentioned law is nice, but you know, there's also medicine. What, were you considering yeah, anything yeah. else beyond lawyer or doctor? Uh, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, I had this this dream to work on a cruise ship as a chef, right? like as, as a top chef. Okay. So that way I could, uh, one, do something that I really love because I enjoy cooking. I don't mm-hmm. enjoy washing dishes, but I enjoy cooking. <laughs> um, so I wanted to do that. And then I, I would also get a chance to travel all over the world. So that was a, a dream that I felt like I could, I could merge two things that I love. Mm-hmm. And... Why did that slip through the cracks? 
<laughs> I have no idea, honestly. I have no idea. I think um, my passion for medicine grew a little bit, and then it's more accessible here. We don't have on-island uh, resources, um, and also the teachings to to specialize in in uh, how you call it hospital yeah, culinary arts. Mm -hmm. So we can get as far as college level, which is probably a associate max. I don't even think it's probably associate degree there. Yeah. But um, I felt as if um, I'll definitely have to look into schools, travel, et cetera, and et cetera. And um, while I haven't touched on it as yet, um, financially, that would have been a burden for my family. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That's very interesting, though. I wouldn't have thought chef was in your sight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's talk a bit now. You said you remember the time when you kind of decided that medicine was the way you wanted to go. Yeah. Was that while yeah. you were still in secondary school or? What yes, point? yes, 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 yes. So I was walking home from, um, from GBSS on my way home and I was just playing the thoughts and it was over a few days. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll be surprised as to why I didn't choose law. You can go into that story too. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't choose law because I felt as if the books wouldn't have any pictures. <laughs> I was like, man, to go and study all that books and there's probably no pictures in there. At least medicine, you'll see a few <laughs> pictures in the pages. It's probably too boring over there. So that's why I chose uh, medicine over law. Wow. Yeah, I would never have guessed, but it makes <laughs> sense too. Yeah. Like if you're going to put years into studying something, it might as exactly. well be interesting. Show me some pictures or something. <laughs> okay. So once you did decide you're going to be a doctor, um, yes. what was the next step? Because I have a couple of questions with this. Because did you yeah, know specifically, you know, what type of doctor you wanted to be? Or yeah. just was it physician? Not, not initially. Not initially. And to be honest, I think that's very important in life. And especially for your younger listeners, I really want to stress on this point. Once you know what you want, and if you're very specific about what you want, the how you get it is not even up to you. Once you have a specific desire that you want, and you know for sure this is what I want, the world just brings opportunity towards you to make it happen. So a lot of the times the how is not for you to figure out right away. So once you know what you want to do, then opportunities, they just seem to pop out out of nowhere. So that is the first thing I, I really want to stress on. So I knew I wanted to do medicine. I didn't know how I was going to get to do it. I didn't even know about scholarships. I didn't know about um, SGU. I didn't know about any opportunities, but I knew what I wanted. So I did my best to, to try and find out and educate myself. And then I signed up through college um, and there was some hiccups there as well. And I got delayed again. And then I started with SGU. So there is a pre-medical program at, at St. George's University that could take you straight over into medicine. But because of that hiccup that I had, because I signed up to college, I started late. So I had to do life sciences. And everything happens for a reason. The pre-med, the scholarship starts, and it still does, in year three. So which means um, I would have had to pay tuitions for the first two years. And then hopefully, if I get through that, with that scholarship in the third year, then it would have um, been... Um, less of a financial strain for me. However, because I signed up late through college, they put me in life sciences. And after my second semester, I could have applied for a scholarship, which I successfully got through. So it was, 
it was less of a financial strain for me because to be honest, I don't know how I would have made it through financially paying the tuition if I got through with my initial choice, which was pre-med. Mm. Um, so I did receive a scholarship um, for my undergrad graduate degree, and I, I did complete it in 2010. So that's um, Bachelor's of Life Sciences. And then I applied over into med school. And even at that point, um, I didn't know what specifically I wanted to specialize in. There's a few things. And, and usually, even at that, that stage when I'm advising students, because I do a lot of advising work, especially with the university as well, um, it's not something you have to figure out right away. So usually after you get a little bit of experience on, in all the different fields, then you can decide you know, where you want to channel your, your time, your energy, and your career. Right. Okay, so once you um, got into the program, Life Sciences and starting pre-med and all of that, I know that could be a very rigorous program at SGU. Yeah. Was there any moment where you thought this is not for me? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember it, but my mom doesn't fail to remind me all the time. <laughs> so she, she always reminds me and says, you know, I remember you used to call and say, this is not for you. You're going to give up, et cetera, et cetera. It's not, it's not easy. And especially when you're, you're at an age, which is like 17, 18, it's a big transition for you. Now you, you have to study daily. You have to be really good with your time management. You have to be able to prioritize which activities you're going to go to or events you're going to go to or how you even spend in your day-to-day -day basis. Um, a lot of your studying techniques, which worked in, in college and in, in, in secondary school, may not work with the amount of work you have. So you have to sometimes totally revamp and re relearn yourself as a learner. And that takes time and it takes effort and you may not get it on the first try. So you might be studying um, the same way you studied in high school and even putting in more effort and your grades are not showing it. Um, and it's a, it's a living and growing process. So you have to all the time reevaluate and relearn, and um, it could be frustrating. So I, I, I remember points where it was frustrating as well. But um, as I said, my mom always reminds me that this was a constant conversation she had to have with me. Yeah. It, is, it is challenging, but it's possible. And if, especially if you have support, then um, it makes it much easier. And I think, to be honest, that is one of the highlights with St. George's University. I haven't had much experiences elsewhere with other universities, but I must say that the support system with St. George's University is unlike anything else I've ever seen. There's always someone there to help you, um, regardless if it's your learning, whether it's uh, you having issues doing multiple choice questions, uh, if you're having issues with housing, whatever you can think about, there's a support services for you. So um, that made my experience very pleasant. Okay, interesting. All right, so I want to keep it along the lines of the education path for a bit, but I have some bits and pieces of information I don't sure, know. Sure, 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 sure. So yeah, I'll, just go ahead. I'll throw it at you, and then you could kind of connect the dots for me. So. You, you finished your degree. I'm not sure if you went. Yes. So, so I went over into medicine um, one semester after I completed um, my bachelor's in life sciences. And I went over into the medical degree program through SGU again. Mm -hmm. And I completed that in 2015, I believe. 
2015, 2014, around there, I, I finished up. And then I did some time here at the General Hospital. Okay. So that was, yeah. So you never did like the step one, step two program and like rotation? No, I always, no, no, no. I am, after I finished my degree, I wanted to go into education. I was planning to, yes, um, you could go to the US and the UK and we even have programs here for Cuba and specialize. But I, I wanted to change my career slightly. Um, and it's, it's, it's always a back and forth. I think it's, it's what phase of my life I'm in. Yeah. Um, so I did, not, I did not take the step one or the step two exam because um, my, my passion and my desire was to be here in Grenada as a GP. Okay. So then that's leading you into my other questions now. You seem to have a mask, quite a few degrees at this point <laughs> education um, an yes i do have a master's in education yeah what yes i am i am currently doing my mba yes what made you go in these different directions and how has it been oh yeah <laughs> helping your career um yeah I, I think every piece adds every piece adds this this so much thing you can learn theoretically, and I'm not even talking about the, the scene curriculum, but the on-scene curriculum of being in university, the networking, um, you learn about different cultures, you learn different ways to do different things, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. And I feel like the most you as an individual, the way you think, um, different thought processes that you will have, the way you evaluate yourself, you become a lot more mindful and a lot more empath empathetic as well to, to people that you meet on a day-to-day -day basis. So yes, I have spent a, a lot of my, my time pursuing degrees um, and a lot of it is for, yes, the theoretical part of it, but also for the self-development. So after I did my medical degree with SGU, um, I started to work with St. George's University as well as a learning strategist. So I'm a learning strategist, Department of Educational Services, and I have been a learning strategist for probably about five, five years or more. It's a job that I really enjoyed. So I, I now had a lot of experience because when I got the job, it was based on my experience being through medical school and also the little that I knew about education. So I did apply myself to a master's of education to better fit the position for the job. So now I have the theoretical background and I also have the experience of being through medical school because what I do is advise students on ways they could master their learning and, and also, um, what should I say? Well, master the learning, master the content, and, and also develop themselves as a learner, give them different tools that they could utilize to get their A's. Everyone wants A's. And my job basically is to help you develop different techniques, different strategies, so you could become successful in medical school. Okay. So it's basically like an advisor position, very student-facing. Kind of. Yes, yes, yes. So I engage with students a lot um, on one-on-one -on -one appointments. I do group appointments as well. I do a lot of workshops. Um, sometimes I, I teach classes, etc. cetera. It's a, it's a very dynamic job that we do there. Okay. I didn't even know that existed, but it sounds, <laughs> it sounds like a very useful job. So I'm glad it yes. does. Um, all right. And then the MBA, where does that tie yeah. in? <laughs> um, so I started my, my personal business 
in 2016, I believe it's called Medical Home Visits, and it has grown so much. So what, what I usually do is um, I'm registered GP in Grenada, and usually I see people at their, their home dwelling. And usually it's um, a holistic service. Uh, we can do labs, we can do testing. Uh, we do sometimes, you know, delivery of medications, etc. So it's a very convenient medical business um, if, you're, if you're all about convenience or if you know someone who, who is immobile or so forth. Um, and that had, had grown a lot. And I think the MBA was to develop that and it was also dual because I started to I started to progress at St. George's University in the same role that I told you about as a learning strategist. And I also believe that um, the MBA would also provide you with some leadership skills if you want to get into a leadership role. So I know sometimes people just grandfather into position, you know, like, uh, okay, we need a, a head of this unit. And um, I guess the person who's been around the longest would take up that position. Mm-hmm. So we give people leadership positions, but they don't necessarily have leadership training. And I wanted to have that theoretical background that if I have to lead a unit, it's not just by experience what we always doing, but also to find skills that would motivate my staff, make sure that I'm, I'm aligned with my team as well. Um, also considering their goals and, and basically be the best leader that I could be. And I felt as if the, I looked through the curriculum for the MBA program, I thought that this would put me in a position to, to fix both problems or both concerns, I should say both concerns that I have. So I had the concern of, of leadership. And then I also had the concern of um, developing my personal business as well. And it came together in the MBA. So I, I, I grabbed at the opportunity. Okay. So from a bit of a financial perspective, did you continue to get scholarships for these further degrees? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, so my medical degree, I did get a scholarship for it. Um, there was some concerns about the scholarship at the time because I was bonded and um, I had to rectify that to the government and we came to agreement. Um, and then for the master's of education, I was thankfully uh, funded through a faculty scholarship given by my department, which is Department of Educational Services. And they were kind enough to award me a scholarship for the MED. And for the MBA, I was also um, lucky enough to get another scholarship from a different department of um, graduate studies, uh, which I applied and the application was successful. So yes, um, there, there has been a lot, a lot of scholarships. Uh, I've been very lucky in, in that regard. Okay. And then just curious question, were these uh, scholarships that were well known that they were available to you or did you have to seek them out and ask questions? Um, I think the MBA was the most hidden one that I had to seek out. And if, as I said, you have to know what you want, <laughs> once you know what you want, then opportunities come up. So you'll hear people speaking and you'll hear about staff opportunities and faculties benefits, etc. So I heard about one through a friend of mine and then I pursued it. And um, yeah, my first, my first attempt, it was, it was successful. There's a lot of um, benefits and scholarships and grants and so forth out there that we just need to put in the work and, and seek them out. And um, I noticed too that a lot of young people, we doubt ourselves a lot. We don't think we're deserving of a lot of these um, opportunities, but 
who are we to say? We're not the experts. So I, my, my mantra has always been go for it. If, if I get through, great. If I don't get through, then I'm just in the same position I was anyway. Right. So I, I, I really like, I'm the kind of person that I would apply and apply myself to things that even I feel might be slightly out of my reach. Mm-hmm. Because I think I'm, most of the time, we're not in a position to see if we're good enough or not. I'm not the expert. So let the experts see if I'm good enough or not. Let them see way, um, where they could probably give me some additional training and so forth to, to bring me up to scratch if, if it's out of my reach. So that has always been my aim. I like that outfit. Keep listening. We'll be right back after a short break. We want to partner with you. Grenadian Steam is pleased to announce that starting with Season 2 of Pathways in February 2021, we will be offering sponsorship packages to local companies and businesses. Help us to help you. We want to integrate with and support the community and increase exposure for smaller businesses, all while opening the eyes of the nation to the wonders of what Steam education can and is doing in our country. Does your company have a commitment to education or youth development? Or are you looking for a way to reach a fresh new market of customers for your products and services? Grensteam is a local grassroots organization with a mission to support and empower our students. Our Pathways podcast is experiencing real growth in audience numbers. Take advantage of this market while it's fresh. Let's work together to develop Grenada. If you're interested in sponsoring one or more of our upcoming episodes or just want more information, please reach out to us on any of our social media platforms at Grensteam or Grenadian Steam, or just send an email to president at grensteam.org. That's president at G-R-E-N-S-T-E-A-M dot O-R-G. Looking forward to working with you. And we're right back to the conversation. All right. So on on this podcast, we kind of, I don't know how many episodes you've heard, but we talk a lot about like the limited perceptions that students may have of, you know, the career pool that they can choose from. And you kind of alluded to it earlier with the lawyer versus doctor kind yeah. of idea. Yeah. Um, we talk about, you know, how like overstated the idea of being a doctor could be. Yeah. So as somebody who yeah. has gone that route and is like now finding your way, still developing your career, what are your thoughts on the perception of medicine and how did you navigate it? Mm, medicine is, as, as with all fields, is, is so wide. It's so wide that um, sometimes it's, it's we that limit ourselves. Like... Um, so everyone thinks, oh, you know, like I'm going to become a doctor and then I'm going to go work at a hospital. But there's just so much different career opportunities that you could choose. You could go work on a cruise ship as a physician. Um, one of my job uh, is also working with, along with hotels. So I am a hotel physician, uh, a physician for, for, for multiple hotels as well. So there's just so much different career paths that you could take to achieve your version of, of what is a satisfying life for you. So I would say medicine, there's, and especially now with technology, it's, it's always a growing field. There's, there's certain 
um, fields in medicine, let's say like neurosurgery and so forth, that is just so young in terms of how much research we have done, that is always a growing field. And if you can, one, find something you're very passionate about, and two, find a problem, and three, fix that problem, you'll be a very successful in whatever field you are in. So it's, it's all about scanning what field you want to go into, looking for um, solutions to common everyday problems. And then we call that, um, we call it disruptive innovation when you could bring, introduce a solution to, to rectify some common issue that we have. And once you do that, your career is pretty set in, in a particular field. Mm-hmm. And it's getting into those niche markets that make you more, exactly. you know, they, then people need you in that field. Exactly. They may exactly. not even have exactly. realized that they needed a physician. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I mean, I have even worked along with construction companies and, yeah. and so forth, you know, like if they, uh, one of the construction work companies I'm really close with is, is Hanover and they're doing some big projects here. So they always want to make sure that their staff are safe. They want to make sure they have a physician they could call at, at any um, point in time. Um, they wanted to know where all the facilities are on the island for medical services in case there's an accident. So, and, and we're talking about a construction company. So as, as you correctly said, um, it is just so dynamic, you know, based on the field you're in, you could find places where people would need your services. And once you could, you can market that and you can take advantage of it, then then you're in a pretty good position. Okay, so now I feel like I have to get deeper into this. How did you, you're still pretty young, and when you came out of, you know, your degree, how did you navigate what you did next? Because for even a lot of... Which, which degree? <laughs> the medicine degree. <laughs> well, let's first talk about the medical degree, because I know for yeah. a lot of people, even people going through that same program, they still feel like they have to follow this very rigid path. Yeah. That, you know, you yeah. go abroad, you specialize, you come back and you just work yeah. to the death. And that, that works for some people. That, that, yeah. that works for some people. And to be honest, it's something I might consider a little bit later on in life. But um, for me, I, I never wanted to go down the, the traditional route. I, I, I think it's, it's, it's a waste of force in me. I, I love it straight away. I don't want to do what everybody's doing. I want to do my own thing. Yeah. Um, so after I switched over, I did a year in the hospital, as I told you, in 2016. Um, and there were some psychological issues that happened there that I felt like this was not the best working environment for me. So I pursued the field of education. Um, anyone interested in education is the best field. Like you get so much vacation, it's crazy. <laughs> the work is enjoyable as well. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, the work is enjoyable and, and you help people the same way. So that's what I really had liked about education. I felt as, as if I felt... I felt as if when I left work that I, I helped people, which was the same feeling I used to get while practicing. Mm-hmm. So while I went back into education, when I went into education, I got a job offer um, with a company that was strongly associated with sandals. And I think my interest in medicine kind of peaked back through, through um, assisting this company with sandals with their medical services. So I, I went back and I, I, got, um, I got registered, et cetera. And then I started to see patients again through, through um, this company called Omega. Now it's run by um, St. George's Medical Services. And I, I still partner with them on a few occasions to, to help them um, okay. sort out their, their patients that they have there. 
Got it. And then how did how did the business come about? So your your home business, home visits. Yeah. So, so yes, yes, yes. So it's medical home visits. I think um, that branched off basically because of, of friends. So friends usually recommend, oh, you know, like um, I have a really good doctor friend. I think he could start you out. And then people started to call. Um, and it got to the point now where by almost every evening I, I probably would have had patients to see. So it, it only made sense to register it and, and do it properly. Um, I have expanded so much in terms of medical supplies and equipment and so forth um, that it's a business I started without even knowing I started it. <laughs> and then, yeah. it, then, um, then it had grown so much that it, it started to provide a significant amount of my revenue for the month that I, I had no other choice but to take it serious. Um, and even even if I was to, let's say, leave the island for a few moments and so forth, it's something that I constantly had to make sure um, I was looking after and so forth. So I think that business started without me even knowing that, hey, I'm going to start this business. It, it, it just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I also get a few referrals from St. Augustine as well. Um, I partner with them in the nighttime on a few maybe one or two weeks a month, you know, to keep my skills active, et cetera. So um, everything kind of ties into, into, into one. Um, I'm very passionate about education. I'm also very passionate about medicine and there's so much opportunities here. So I don't, I don't work publicly for um, the, the hospital, even if, you know, like I, if I do have the time, I'll donate my time there. Um, but I don't work there, but it's just so much niches of opportunities here in Grenada, which will whatever field you you want to go into. And I think um, once you look for them and you can apply yourself to them, we can make a big difference here. There's a few careers here that that I feel have a good opportunity to, to maximize and actually make um, a good living and a comfortable earning from, from these small opportunities that are just here. Yeah. I think that's one of the that's one of the best things about being in Grenada. So everyone says, oh, you know, Grenada, Grenada kind of backward. Yes, it's backward. So if we come up with innovative ways to 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 basically modernize Grenada, then then there's so much opportunities with whatever field you're in. Amen. <laughs> that's that's my thing. That's a pet peeve of mine, even though I'm not in Grenada right now. Um but you always hear, you know, people up and leave and they say, oh, Grenada, this and that. And you go back 10 years later, it's still the same place. If you leave and you don't give yeah. anything back and nobody's changing anything, then it's always going to be the same, you know. But it has to be those who see yeah. Yeah, I agree. the opportunities for improvement that need to make the change. So, all right. Well, um, just as, as this program like you're doing now with Pathways, you're basically stimulating the young mind. And this is this is an awesome way to, I think, to to give back to Grenada and, and help develop it. Thanks. So kudos on that. Yeah. Doing what we can little by little and see where that takes us. So first of all, with all these different things that you have going on, how do you find the time? Like what, how do you manage all of these, which you're clearly very invested in all of them, but they must yes. be time consuming. 
I, I have a saying, I don't find the time, I make the time. Mm-hmm. You, it's easy to not find the time to do something. So I reverse it and I make the time to do it. So um, yes, I do have a lot of needy patients as well. So they message all the time, it's, it's crazy. Um, and, and I set boundaries. Um, I'm very good at setting boundaries. And um, you know, like it's, it's sometimes it's small sacrifices to say, hey, you know, like I have a pretty active social life as well. So I have a lot of friends. Um, someone always wants to meet up someone always want to go to some events party so it's all about um utilizing and maximizing um your free moments so if you have a free hour for lunch i try to eat lunch and see how i could strategize and do something while i'm doing lunch i could do a patient report while i'm eating lunch i could um review a powerpoint slide while i'm having breakfast so i just try and utilize all the free moments that i have during the day that um i could manage my time best in the night, you know, because I have classes, I have assignments to do for the masters. Um, sometimes I have patients to see, sometimes you have work in a day. So it's, it's, it's all about um, one, having a good schedule. I'm a person, I, I set a lot of alarms. So that helps me as well. And it keeps me on track. Um, you know, if I set aside an hour to do something and the alarm goes off, it kind of keeps me on track. I have, um, no, it, it's automatic. I wake up at 5.30ish every day without the alarm going off. Mm -hmm. So it's all about managing your time properly and and also having the discipline. I think discipline is is a big factor here. And it's something that anyone could develop. So there's books, there's a lot of books on discipline. Um, Atomic Habits is one of them, Um, but any book on habits uh, that is a self-help book probably would teach you a few ways that you could manage your time properly. So to summarize, set boundaries, yeah. use the alarms, lots of discipline, maximize the small amount of times you have on a daily basis. Try and fit something productive in that half an hour space you have. Mm-hmm. So that's all great. I have to say I'm a little bit skeptical. So what... <laughs> There has to be a point where you just, you know, feel burnout. And as much as yes. you're trying yes. to schedule your time and everything, there has to be a limit yes. where you're just like, this is. Yes, 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 Talk about yes. That a little bit. Almost on a daily basis, almost on a daily basis. But coming down to the end of last year, December, I definitely felt the burnout. However, then I got a break from two things. So I got a break from my master's, which the break for holiday. And then two, I got a break from St. George's University because they also break for holiday. It's a university school. Mm-hmm. And if there's no students attending, then I don't have to, um, to go to work. So everything kind of plays in well. It is, it, I knew um, doing this master's now it would have been a very tight balance of my time. So I expected it. I planned ahead and, and I knew what my life was going to look like. I know I have to make sacrifices. I know I, I wouldn't be able to attend a lot of you know, events that I usually would. Um, and I, I think I started to feel that burnout in December. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I can make this. Um, but I'm, I'm pulling through. So far, I'm pulling through. Um, I have a good support system as well. I have um, people that I could call and say, hey, I need this, I need that. Um, and even my team at the university, they're very supportive as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like we have a unit there of, of probably about 17 learning strategists and they're all very good at what they do. 
So we, there's, 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 the support makes a big difference. I have a very supportive MBA group for my masters as well. I have a very um, supportive network of physicians that I could call and ask for you know, a second opinion. Hey, could you look at this x-ray again? I think I see something I don't really see. I don't, I'm not really sure. Could you give your expert opinion on this? Um, I have people I could call like 4 a.m. in the morning you know, and just say, um, hey, I have a patient here. This is the situation. And this is what I'm thinking. What is your view on this situation? And uh, I must say thanks to the senior physicians in Grenada. They have been very helpful and supportive of, of me and my practice as well. Okay. Yeah, and that's, that's really important because just keeping it real, like as much as you, you know, try to do things on your own and think you have it all figured out, there's always a time where it comes crashing down. Yeah, so. yeah, yes. That support system is important. All right, so Mandel, what what are some of your hopes or maybe ideas and thoughts for what the future of medicine and even education is in Grenada or can be? Yeah, um, I think we we are making advancement medically here. I think um, you know we have the new hospital building that is going to go down. I see a lot more people being um, specialized and trained, especially in Cuba and, and returning and then making an impact here. I also think now where we're going to do one, the, the national health uh, insurance, and I think that's gonna be better for healthcare in Grenada. Um, I had recently applied for a grant, which was unsuccessful, however, to do telemedicine here in Grenada. Um, but I, I, I heard through the grapevine someone else wants to implement that as well. So regardless of who, who does it, I think it's an advancement for Grenada. Um, we also have been, especially even now, I'll tell you this, from next, next week, actually, St. Augustine is going to be doing electrical medical records. So that is also an innovative advancement. Um, the hospital... I, I'm not sure they started as, as yet, but there's some talks around it. The dialysis clinic, they, they started implementing the electronic health records already. Um, so I think medicine is advancing. With, with the electrical medical records, you could now um, write prescription, follow, have better follow-up with pa patients. You could have um, better storage of information. Um, you could have faster access to patients' information as well. Um, if someone comes in and let's say they're unconscious and they can't, um, you can't really find all their, their paper records and so forth because in the middle of the night in the hospital, now we could just pull it up on a computer. So uh, I think that's, that's going to be a, a big advancement for, for Grenada, all these different things that I've listed. Um, educationally, I, I luckily through the university attend a few conferences on education. In the mm -hmm. past, some we have presented on. Um, St. George's University does a lot of research, especially around education. And it's also always mind-blowing to go to these international conferences. And most of the stuff, I would probably say 95% of the stuff that is presented as, oh, we're doing this in our university in the US or in the UK or uh, wherever they're from, most of it we are already doing. And most of it um, is stuff that we have 
mastered. So I'm not worried about educational advancements here in Grenada for the university. I think for um, the primary school and secondary school level, we have been doing some advancements. The schools recently got tablets and they started with the secondary schools. I think that's a, a big plus. Now we, we have been forced to transition school online. I think there are going to be benefits that's going to come off from that. I think um, even people who can't afford to do the bus traveling and so forth, um, people who can't afford the books, they could buy them online. It's usually the, the soft copies are a little bit cheaper than the hard copies. So I think even if we return back to school, I think there are a little bits of advancements that are going to stay, that are, that are um, going to be options now. And if we utilize them, then education on a whole would improve. Okay. Yeah. That's the good thing, even in the midst of, you know, a crazy pandemic, you could find some benefits from it. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that's how disruptive innovation works. When you have a big problem, it also creates a lot of different opportunities to solve these problems. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, Mondel, thank you so much. Um, before we do wrap this up, I'd like to hear from you uh, if there's any particular advice that you would have for young students coming up who might be interested in pursuing medicine or maybe just don't yet know what they want to do, what's right. what would you say to them? Figuring out what you want to do is probably one of the hardest things in life. I think um, it takes time, so don't rush it. See what you're naturally passionate about. So if you're naturally passionate about helping animals, um, or just even helping people on a whole, you can now explore the field of, let's say, medicine or veterinary medicine even. Um, there's other ways, as I said, like even as a learning strategist, I feel contented that I help people. Um, as a teacher, you would feel contented that you help people as well. So figure out what makes you happiest. And then you say, okay, fine. What is the best version of myself? If I was to picture myself, let's say, at um, 30, and I have everything that I ever wanted in life and I'm completely happy, I'm completely contented, what am I doing? Am I a doctor? Am I a vet? Am I a mechanic? What is the best version of myself if I had absolutely no limitations? And then you work backwards. You said, okay, fine. The best version, I think um, doctor would sound really nice on my name. I could see me, let's say being the youngest uh, cardiologist in Grenada. I want to go big and fine. That's the end goal at let's say 30, let's work backwards. You have to ask yourself, then obviously you need to do a cardiology specialty. Good, and back step after that is then I must obviously attend medical school. And then back step after, before that, you say, okay, fine. Well, I must have a bachelor's degree, which is not necessarily true. You could do pre-med. And then you back step before that and you say, okay, fine. I must um, have the requirements to get into university. So you, you backstep until you find out what am I supposed to be doing right now to align myself with that goal. So if you're 16 or 15 or 14, you ask yourself, what do I really need to be doing now to get myself there at let's say 30? And you might figure out that, hey, what I really need to be doing now is to get these five CFC subjects which would take me over to get my bachelor's because to get into um, undergrad, you need five CFC subjects and that's what you probably need to be doing right now. So 
figure out the end. What's the end goal for you at a particular age? And then backtrack and ask yourself, what should I be doing now to better put myself in this position? Um, is it, you know, let's say covering a doctor, um, just asking somebody to sit around in the office, see what they're telling their patients, see what it's like. And I could learn so much. Is it um, doing community service that would add to my resume? Is it um, volunteering at health fairs, et cetera, that would boost my resume? So find out what's the end. Then you backtrack, backtrack, backtrack. And what should I be doing now? And that would help you out a lot in life. So that's my advice. That's some solid advice. <laughs> and what I like about it is that it's, although it's kind of directed at students, I feel like that could work for anybody at any point in life because you have people in their mid, late 20s that are just like, I don't think I like what I'm doing right now. Maybe yeah. I want to switch into something else. And using that yeah. same progression could, could yeah. help direct that. Exactly. And I think the problem is that we, we try to figure out what is my next move without finding out where we're going. Yep. A lot of people just want to not be where they are but they don't specifically know where they want to go. And that would take you in circles. It will take you down wrong paths. It can eventually take you to where your destination is. But if you don't, if you didn't have a plan to where you want to go, then it's not a straight line. And the fastest you'll move from point A to point B is in a straight line. Mm -hmm. So if you're in Grand Island and you say, you know what, I just feel like I don't want to be in Grand Island. You just start walking. You'll probably walk around the lines. You might, you don't know. Where is your destination? You don't know. But if you say, listen, I want to leave Granite and I want to go to St. David's, you know that there's different routes you could take. Which one is the shortest? Where should I start walking? Which direction I should start walking in? Should I try and get a bus? These certain places don't do buses. So how could I avoid that? And you, you start to strategize, but you need to know where you're going. I, I think you just need to leave it right there because that... <laughs> That's a really good ending. So, Manal, again, thank you so much. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I'm glad that we were able to connect. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Appreciate it. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Continue keeping it up, doing the good work. And to the listeners, thank you for joining us on today's Pathway. <laughs>